Hey guys, I'm Carrie. And I'm Chrissy. And welcome to Status Macabre. freaking here and um if you hear any pins or paper being tossed about the room it is us because we are a little frustrated we have had about an hour's worth of technical difficulties yeah but I'm sick of it we're, we're yeah. chrissy's face and neck are just red yeah <laughs> she's I, i'm not she, ready to throw this computer having a little mini meltdown <laughs> and the microphones and the mixer all out the everything everything's window. about to go through a wall or a window or something <sighs> so Thank you guys so much for tuning in um, to our second episode of For H.H. Holmes. Or Herman Mudgett. I've been saying <laughs> that name all day. Uh, where everybody's like, what the hell? Who's, Who's Herman Mudgett? Anyway, um, I, don't, I don't know if we have a whole lot of business. We, we really don't, other than okay. the disclaimer. I yeah, do I want so. to make sure to say, you know, listener discretion is advised. Some of this content may not be suitable for children and even for some adults. So yeah, so onwards and upwards. Let's do Let's it. Let's do it. Gosh, okay. Um, so just a quick recap of where we left off from the last episode. We know Holmes was running from town to town to avoid arrest and to avoid creditors. By the time he got to Chicago, he was pretty much a wanted man, although he had so many aliases. You know, yeah. they, they didn't, you know, and, and he really wasn't wanted because of anybody that he deboned or defleshed and sold their Oh, yeah, because well, people to, didn't right. know it was him yet. Yeah, so right. he was really, mainly he was wanted by creditors. Mm-hmm. And, of course, we know that his victims of choice were young women who were searching for life in the big city, and the big city at that time being Chicago. We're not talking about New York. Right, because it was uh, the World's Fair. The World's was going, Fair was yep. coming up. And, of course, it suited him, right, if the women that he acquired or found weren't you know someone from that area with family and loved ones to two miles up the road that they could be in constant contact with so he definitely was someone who would woo a woman from another state and then have her come to chicago or find someone from the area who was from from another state yeah we easy targets very easy targets so we know holmes was a con artist he was a bigamist he was a murderer he was a thief grave robber rapist Ra- yeah he he was a rapist um <laughs> i i skipped over that one because i was like oh man but we did the disclaimer so i mean no, i'm sorry this is an adult podcast that's fair that's fair we you know he he definitely was someone who sought power he had a profound need for attention he was devilishly charming and he showed little to no emotion and that became more evident to me the more I read or the more research that I did and just how. Oh, yeah. Well, you you were reading um, Devil in the White City, which, yes. by the way, guys, is yeah, shout out to uh, awesome, awesome yeah. book. Yeah, it's, it's by Eric Larson. ton of detail Super good. There. You're, you're going to learn how to, you know, put together a Ferris wheel by the time you're done. But That's there's fair. so much information about H.H. H. Holmes. It's, it's, it's crazy. And what else I learned about the Ferris wheel from that book was apparently at that time... At the top of the Ferris wheel is where all the people, a lot of the folks, tried to propose because it was so romantic. Oh, at the how top sweet. Of the... And I'm like, that is pretty romantic, but I don't know that I've seen a Ferris wheel in a while. I'd be cropping my pants. I would not even get on that thing. Because it's so high, but yeah. It's freaky. But like, just get me off and I'll say yes. <laughs> Whatever you want. Yes, I'll marry you. <laughs> 
So um, Holmes is still up to his old tricks. He's scamming people out of money. You guys remember after moving into the castle, he sold the drugstore that he acquired from Dr. Holton, promising the new buyer that he would face little competition. He wouldn't have anything to worry about. And then Holmes turned around and then opened up a drugstore right across the street. So he's a douche rocket. He is a trash bag. Yeah. I, I feel literally like, a piece I of shit. I feel like there's a lot of cuss words that I can say. But for the last couple of days, I've been describing exes as trash bags. So I feel like right. he fits right in there. Oh, Although yeah, no I doubt. None of my exes murdered anybody. But <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I got nothing. I next time on Status Macabre. Next time Macabre. on Status Macabre. <laughs> Do Carrie's exes kill people? Possibly. Yeah, yeah. No, no. I'm joking. I'm kidding. <laughs> So, moving right along. Moving right along. He begins construction. Of course, we remember that he began the construction on the castle in Inglewood, Chicago. And at the time, this area is booming. There's a, a lot of people coming in because they know the World Fair is coming. And they're expecting that to bring in a, a ton of money, essentially. He's furnishing his buildings with items that he's purchased on credit. And he has no intention of paying any of this back. And He's very confident that his charm will help him elude getting caught. And so can you imagine today if you went to, I don't know, <laughs> Ashley Furniture or Scott's Furniture and you're like, I want $10,000 worth of furniture. Do you, you can't. And my name is Anna Wells. Right. You can't. It's like, you can't. <laughs> it just cracks me up because, I mean, think about it. Like way back then, it's, I mean, people, it was, you know, word, um, you know, whatever you said, people took your word for it. Right. You know, it was like most people were honest. Right. I mean, what else were you going to do? You... I, a handshake, right? A handshake and a right, smile and exactly. a twinkle in my eye. And there you go. Yeah. I promise you I'll pay you back. Yeah. Um. So if creditors came after him, he was very quick to give them another fictitious name or a fictitious name. Yeah. And it was said that he was extremely charming. He would, if creditors came to the castle or the drugstore, or wherever he happened to be, he would invite them in, he would give them the fictitious name, he would have, right. a, you know, a cigarette or a cigar and chat with them, and jolly old chap, I'll make sure he gets back in touch with you as right. soon as he gets back in the town. I'm expecting him <laughs> any minute. So I want to I wanna say, you keep saying castle. Can we just call it what it is? And it's like a murder mansion. The murder mansion, yeah. Shithole. So, <laughs> and we put a picture. I thought it was a yes. super cool picture on Instagram and our social. The one that looked like it was a Facebook, drawing. The drawing. The drawing. Yeah, it's so weird. It's crazy. There I were like bodies in the one. Yeah. bottom of the basement. Check it out because yeah. it was probably, there were a lot of pictures, but that one to me, it was, it was a painting or something yeah. that someone had done, but it was so descriptive. You got to zoom in on it. Oh, it's so I weird. I really loved it. Murder mansion. Murder Mansion. No castle. Okay, so Cinderella so lives on, in the castle. From now on, it will not be the castle. <laughs> <laughs> so Holmes had many accomplices over the years, but he had one that he favored the most, and his name was Benjamin Peitzel. Now, Peitzel is how I'm pronouncing it, but I'm gonna call that him looks Benjamin. right. Yeah, I feel that. I feel that's right. I he feel was, like you're you're, you're you. close at least. He was a carpenter. Um, he had a very close relationship with Holmes. So much so that Holmes did favors for him when Benjamin was arrested for writing bad check. Holmes would post bail. And then essentially he would forfeit the money when he did not return for trial. And that was a planned, I don't know that it was a scheme. I think that that was the end of the scheme, right? We know you're going to get caught. Just go to jail, post it and And get out. Yeah, we're not going to worry about it. We'll just run along. We'll just keep up. 
Mm-hmm. Benjamin was married to a woman named Carrie Canning, and they had six children together. They had three daughters and three sons. One of their sons died shortly after birth due to diphtheria. So Benjamin was a very heavy drinker, and he had been that way for a long time, and this threw a wrench in some of Holmes' plans or schemes, and he sent Benjamin to rehab. Now, he went to the famous Dr. Leslie Enright Keeley. I think you did a little more research on this than I did, but he had a gold cure, right? And I'm using air quotes, cure, which he injected into the arms of the patients three times a day. And this cure, one of the main ingredients was actually gold. And the rest of the ingredients were quote unquote classified, but it was believed to include drugs that would put people in a euphoric state and give them a little bit of amnesia. Yeah. So it, it says, uh, when I looked him up, cause I was like, who the hell is this dude? He sounds like a mad scientist, he but, but basically his theory of alcoholism, he said that alcoholism itself resulted from damage to nerve cells from alcohol. This, he said, weakened the victim's willpower. His treatment to detoxifying their cells and returning them to proper functioning. So that that was like the overall goal, but basically no gold of any form that were at, that was actually put into people's bodies. It really? was, yeah, it says um, the formula supposedly contained gold, but analysis revealed that it, oh, there was none. I was going to so. say. Yep. I promise that's what I read. Yeah, no, it says... Um, so they lied. Yeah, so one analysis found it contained alcohol almost 28%. So they were injecting alcoholics with alcohol? alcohol? Yeah. Oh, man. Sulfate of striacinine, some of the stuff, some kind of ammonia, some atropine, and boric acid. Oh, jeez. Um, and there were other analysis... Um, findings of some other drugs that I'm not even going to try to pronounce, but one couple of them I can um, were opium and morphine. Well, then that there you go. So yeah, they were basically. I, I feel like if you say I'm injecting alcoholics with alcohol, <laughs> right? Boric acid, boric acid, right? Morphine and yep. opiates. I'm surprised. Of course, you're gonna be in. You're gonna be in like some you know, euphoric state, you're drunk as hell and screwed up on morphine. (laughs) I don't know, even in that show Intervention, if anybody from this era would look like any of those guys. Oh, hell no. Like, no. So basically, though, the patients were given a decreasing ration of alcohol to drink. Four times daily, they were given injections of this quote-unquote gold or gold cure. And then every two hours, they received a tonic. That was combined with good food and rest. I mean, and these people were also said like it, they were supposedly very easy to identify because yep. they would have this gold tent mm-hmm. wherever they were injected. I'm assuming I'm pointing at my, you know, my elbow. I'm assuming that's where they injected them, but I, I'm not sure, 100 percent sure. Yeah, well, basically, they almost all of them relapsed because um, they. Shocker. Yeah, he was like, oh, but now you're cured. Go back to drinking. I'm sorry. That's not how it works. <laughs> that's absolutely. Dr. Keeley, that's not how it right. works. So anyway, I just thought that was pretty interesting and wanted to wanted to uh, share. And he was basically called a quack later on. Um, yeah, he clearly was. Because none of his shit worked. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, you know, Holmes claimed to Benjamin that all of the things that he was doing for him was really a kind gesture. Mm-hmm. But. It was later stated by Holmes that Benjamin was just too valuable a man 
-hmm. even with his failing taking into consideration for me to dispense with. So he wasn't done with him yet. He needed him to be coherent enough to continue these scams Scams, and continue to make him money. So Holmes, of course, we know he is definitely, you know, for the time he's a looker. He's got that handlebar mustache. Oh, yeah. He's apparently he has piercingly light eyes. Mm -hmm. He's attractive. So he is continuing on with the ladies uh, with zero regard to anyone that he's married to or children that he has happened to father. That's awesome. So he meets an Emmeline Sigrins. Mm-hmm. So Holmes hired her as a secretary. And when she moved to Chicago, she had $800 in her savings and she dumped it and, and entrusted it into Holmes. And Holmes ended up proposing to her, but it seemed that after a bit of time, she really seemed to kind of see his true colors from what I, from what I read. And it appeared what I gathered that she had plans on possibly leaving him. Ah, uh, um, maybe course, she was smart. Well, yeah, <laughs> she was, she was smart. Uh, so she wanted to leave Chicago and visit family, but she never made it home. And it was said that she was bound in Holmes basement oh. where he poured acid on the floor oh. of an airtight room to help absorb the oxygen, to help the oxygen. Yeah. Be depleted. depleted. Yeah. Quicker. Oh, so yeah. yeah, it's like you're in, you know, a freaking acid bath. That's horrible. Oh my right. gosh, poor Emmeline. Right. And they said that she was, uh, may have been naked whenever she was taken down there. She mm-hmm. she could have potentially even have been drugged. They don't know Ugh. from what I recall reading exactly what got her down there, but she was barefoot. Um, Holmes put her body in a trunk after the upper half was stripped mostly of a flesh. Oh God. But mm-hmm. he sent her to another doctor who essentially defleshed her, right? Oh my God. And promised her bones to another college. But that's what they did then. Yeah. So he So he like he, he looked like from what I read, he could potentially have been a little shady, but Yeah. It didn't look like he maybe knew what was going on here. Right, right. He what he knew was he was promised X bodies. Right, and then and, Holmes delivered. And Holmes delivered. Right. And so according to him and mm-hmm. and conversations between him and police, yeah, you know, he stuck to his story, which, I mean, I guess I can't blame him. Sure. And so a few weeks later, her bones ended up at the LaSalle Medical College of Chicago. So Holmes, of course, can never be satisfied. Now that Emmeline Segrans is completely out of the picture for him, he starts to court Minnie Williams. So Minnie Williams was someone that knew Holmes years prior, and he would visit her in Boston. However, since that time, she inherited between $50,000 and $100,000 when her uncle passed away. And in today's market, that would be anywhere from $1.5 to $3 million. So Holmes... He hit bank. Yeah, he, yeah, he definitely... Yeah, definitely. Now, something to mention here, whenever Holmes visited Minnie in Boston those years before, mm-hmm. he gave her the alias of Henry Gordon. That and was his name. That was his name, right. but she called him Harry. Yeah, so, so I don't... I don't get Harry, but I whatever. don't understand. It makes no sense. It doesn't sound like a good nickname for Henry, but what else? It does not. The, the distance at the time proved to be just a little too much for Holmes, going back and forth to Boston. Mm-hmm. And I think that she was 
she was considered a handsome a handsome woman versus she was just she was ugly according to what i read she was she was a little she was healthy she was like a little plump she was like uh what's her face in uh golden girls (laughs) b arthur b arthur she was handsome but she's got you know a hundred thousand dollars now and he's I mean, Whatever, yeah, we can you... look past some of these faults now. Sure, I got my money goggles on. So, so when, whenever Holmes, or I'm sorry, Harry or whoever he was when he was talking to Minnie in Boston, <laughs> when he when he cut off communi- communications with Minnie, that that really that crushed her. Mm-hmm. It broke her heart. Um, she she really loved Holmes, right? And she was going to move to Chicago to be with Holmes. From Boston to Chicago. Now, he thought that her move was partly due to the unresolved feelings that she had for him years mm-hmm. prior. Once she arrived in Chicago, she didn't waste a minute contacting him. Oh, okay. And then Holmes immediately responded. Right, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Once he received the letter, he wrote her back immediately. And when they met, she felt that he had genuinely missed her. Apparently, when he approached her, he had tears in his eyes i don't oh, think he was crying God. but you know right. i missed you so much vomit now he convinced her shockingly mm-hmm. right he convinced her to come and work for him mm-hmm. and they began a relationship a courtship and it happened really really fast and holmes ended up proposing to her right while he was engaged to minnie he ended up conning her out of money and land that she had inherited in Fort Worth, which is in Texas. No, say it's not so. He would never do that. So he he cons her into signing over the land mm-hmm. to an alias. Oh, so another Alexander alias. Bond, who was actually James, who was actually Henry Gordon, aka Harry. Oh my! Who is actually H H Holmes? Holy God! <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> and so even now when I'm trying to repeat this to you guys i'm questioning myself before i say every word holy shit <laughs> it's a little confusing right so Minnie, of course is super excited about this and she's sharing mm-hmm. all this information with her sister and her sister was beginning to get a little suspicious <laughs> she's like thank you thanks sis i appreciate that things are happening kind of quickly and hey uh sis you just gave him everything and we yeah do you really that. trust this guy i mean especially if you're like how quickly everything went oh you know it, the proposal and it everything. goes really really quickly and yeah. then of course hindsight we know yeah we know and this is no big deal to holmes holmes could care less that uh minnie's sister is a little suspicious because right. he's got a plan oh i'm sure he does now i'm sure you don't know all the details of this plan yet you have no idea what he's gonna do but mm. he invites Minnie's sister out. They enjoy the fair. They they go home, and Holmes takes Minnie's sister on a tour of the murder castle house, murder house, <laughs> the booby trap manor, right? The booby trap manor. <laughs> and then while they're on this tour, he asks her to retrieve some documents from one of the rooms that is an airtight room. Oh no! Yeah, it's she's not gonna good. get the acid bath. So. <laughs> That's horrible. So she goes into the room, right? And Holmes comes up behind her and shuts that door Ugh. and locks it. And nighty night. Yep. Yep. It's, oh, my God. 
it's over at that point. Oh shit! So so did I? I wonder if her like sister was like, "What the hell happened to my sister?" Like Minnie's like, "Where's my sister?" Probably not. I guess not. That's fucked up. But let us let us move on. I'm not sure how that went down with Minnie. There's a lot of details that I that I that I read, but I don't remember exactly. It may be in a paper in a few pages. We may circle back around. <laughs> This is how we work. This is exactly how we work. And guess what? We have no alcohol in us. I know. God. <laughs> I am thinking we should have had something, especially no as crazy as it started. No doubt. But, All right. So anyway, what happened? So Minnie, where is she at in this situation? So Holmes, you know, fast forward just a little bit, not not too much because, mm-hmm. you know, we, we know Holmes doesn't waste a lot of time, but he does propose to Minnie and he does marry Minnie and a very small, very quiet, very private ceremony, which to her appeared legal, but we all know it was not. Oh my God. <laughs> this douche rocket. So, I mean, even if it was quote unquote legal, it wouldn't matter. He's already He's married. married. Oh, that's true. He's already, already yeah, that's right? fair. Yeah. Um. So yeah. And so basically he does this to Connor out of her inheritance. Okay. So the sister's gone, they're married, but then, you know, Minnie starts to grow jealous of all the attention that, Holmes is getting because he's a flirtatious man and he's a good looking man and he can't keep his fingers and probably anything else to himself. Gross. (laughs) Um, He's receiving a lot of attention from women that are coming in in the store and many, many starts to get jealous Mm -hmm. and Holmes is tired of it. So, but he doesn't kill her. Shocker. He puts her, yeah, he just puts her in a, in an apartment close by and, but far enough away. Sure. Close, but far. Yeah. Like, you know, Maybe 20 minutes away. Sure. <laughs> I mean, that's a long time when you only have a horse yeah, and buggy. You have to like <laughs> push your bicycle all that way. That would suck. Right. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> Minnie, Minnie seems to be, you know, she's enjoying the idea of the apartment mm-hmm. opposed to the murder castle, booby trap <laughs> manor. I don't even know what we're calling it anymore, but it was considered a dark, dank hotel to her and, and she was happy to be, to be rid of it. it. Yeah. And so, you know, then she just kind of fades away okay. and Holmes abandons her. And scene. And scene. <laughs> now, I know you guys are going to be a little shocked about this. After he abandon, abandons Minnie, he does meet another young lady. Oh, and, dear Lord. And she, <laughs> and, and she, is, she is pretty young and she is said to be extremely small petite almost childlike not childlike but her features she's like just her a really, stature yeah. yeah just a really short petite woman however her mm-hmm. facial features give it away pretty quickly that she's not a 12 year old girl right so her name is georgina york so she moves to chicago for a more glamorous life she's only 23 when she meets holmes and of course she falls for holmes very quickly just like all the other women do because he's smart and he's well off and he's witty and I'm sure he does other things that we will never know about that are oh, I don't even want to think about it. <laughs> and he, he of course is lying to her like he's lied to everyone else. And I don't just mean the women that he's engaged to and marries, but I mean literally everyone else. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> he claims to possess property in Africa. Oh God. Uh, and land in Fort Worth, Texas, which we know he does have because he acquired that for many. Sure. Well, I know, yeah, but I mean, Africa, really? I I don't know on what planet, like even now, 
I mean, would what? you ever say, I have land in Africa? I mean, maybe or, I South have Africa. land in Madagascar. I, I don't or know. Or maybe, like, that's ridiculous. It's like he wants to get bolder and bolder with, a, like, the far-fetched bullshit he keeps t- he's telling people. should show you, like, how awesome he was at spinning these webs. I know, because I was going to say, ladies, if, or even men, if anybody tells you, yeah, I got land in Africa, I run. Just run. <laughs> I mean, just run. That's all I got. <laughs> He's also buying her gifts. You know, then he takes her on the Ferris wheel. And we all know what happens on the Ferris wheel. Oh, yeah. He doesn't propose to her at the top of the Ferris wheel, but he takes her. You know, he courts her. He mm-hmm. he wants to marry her. Yeah. And he does. He doesn't waste any time marrying his fourth wife, Georgina York. He hires a gondola when they get down, which is one of the guys in the little... Oh, yeah. yeah. I did that in Vegas, but... You did it? Yeah, in Vegas, and like it was Italy. I've never done it. It's whatever, and you, yeah. I mean, was it fun? I mean, it was, it was a boat. awkward. Like there's a guy standing. Yeah, I mean, there's there. a guy standing <laughs> there the whole time we're it's in the boat. It's how I feel in an Uber. Like this is so awkward. Oh my god, I cannot. Please don't talk to me. Please don't talk to me. Right? So, so while they're in the gondola, he pops the question, and yeah, so she accepts. And they get married. Oh, how sweet. Not... Oh, that's just so sweet. Right, so... I mean, I'm grateful that he... that he's He didn't kill the other lady. Uh, yeah, because yeah. he just... Things take things took a turn yeah. really quickly. Like, sure. He's not going to kill her. He does. He's going to kill her. He doesn't. Right. You just... I know. It's like... <laughs> I wonder what his reasoning behind one versus the other. It's weird. This, the more I read, this guy truly... Man. Imagine I... a Holmes in 2021. There's plenty of them out there. I mean, think about all the fuckers on the internet, and they're like, oh, I have a six-pack, and but, I've got blonde hair, but blue now, eyes. do we know of anybody? He's probably some big old fat fuck sitting behind <laughs> a computer, playing a game. Oh, yeah. He's I mean, got no shirt on. He's sweaty. But like, imagine somebody. He's got laid in Africa. With that caliber of, like, mentality, business, right? Yeah. He clearly is oh. that. And in the world today, oh yeah, that well, I mean, would be scary. I feel like, like it's a whole bunch of those people in um, Washington. Just probably. saying, probably. in politics, you're probably right. So, so Holmes is, you know, trucking along, moving along. Uh, the World Fair is is happening in Chicago, and the World Fair ends, and then the economy in Chicago, you guys, it takes a turn. It just goes south. It goes south really, really bad. Because I guess everybody just moves the hell out after the fair. Yeah, uh, and that makes sense. A, a, Apparently it was they it brought in a lot of money, but I don't think it brought in as much as mm-hmm. they anticipated. And so that area it just went to shit. Right. It just went to and then so after what you know, once this happens, what do you think Holmes does? One guess. Um, I don't know. Does he <laughs> does he hire more people to, or get more people in the castle Dude, and he murder deuces. house? He's out. He's like, I'm not gonna stay here and he abandons oh. the murder booby trap mansion castle whatever right he's just so he just leaves it he just like there's bodies in the fucking basement he just he doesn't it. care doesn't care and oh he, my god yeah no deuces i'm out i mean those bodies i ain't got nothing i don't know where they came from he, he th- that's what i'm what? saying the audacity the audacity yeah that's this crazy man. and he doesn't fucking care yeah he's really a piece of shit so he completely abandons the castle, mm-hmm. whatever. Just leaves it. And it's oh to God. focus on insurance scams. Because <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's where he really thrives. 
I, you know, and, oh. and from everything that I read too, you know, when mm-hmm. at the in the first episode when I was reading through the blogs or the books or whatever I was yeah. reading, I was a little on the fence about the the murder mansion castle. Mm-hmm. Like, man, this on the inside sounds terrible, but on the outside it looks like a regular building. Mm-hmm. But the more that I read now that we're in episode two, the more I'm understanding that it was just a drab, He's, dreary, yeah. dark, shitty place out of sorts yeah you know hotel-ish looking building Mm -hmm. so it really wasn't as grandiose i think as i thought it was going to be right right Um, so during this time of course he's just committing his random acts of murder um he's stealing horses from texas he stole some horses from texas and he ships them to st louis Mm -hmm. and there he sells them and and he makes a, a ton of money there however He's caught for that crime. Oh, now, right. so you're right. caught for stealing and selling horses, but the but not the, the murders. The the murders or the that... insurance scams. Oh my god. Yeah. He's holy yeah. So shit. Now, now now get this. He's in jail. Mm-hmm. He and his cellmate come up with a plan for another insurance scam. Oh my. I'm telling you, it's, it's while too much. in jail. It's too much, you guys. Holy shit. Chrissy's over here rolling her eyes. I just like read the guy book. is like what a. I don't know. I want to poke my eyeball out. Go ahead. So it's like, what? It's what? Again? He's like a 12-year-old kid. Yeah. Don't put your finger in the socket. Don't put your finger in the socket. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so they come up with this plan, uh, this the, another scam where Holmes would take out a policy, $10,000 on himself, and then he would fake his own death. And so when he was released from jail, he attempted the scam, but it backfired on him and the insurance company got a little suspicious and they did not pay out the settlement. Oh, good for them. Right? Thank yeah, I'm glad somebody's starting to yeah, catch think on. Yeah. a little bit. Use their brain. Hey, this one guy has turned in 95 corpse. Hmm. <laughs> I I don't know. Maybe this seems odd. Maybe. <laughs> I feel like if you collect one insurance policy, one plus? Yeah. There might be something suspicious. You gotta start. Yeah. You gotta start asking some questions. So this is when Holmes starts to hatch another plan. However, this time he's going to use his good old buddy, good old pal Benjamin Peitzel, which oh, is the alcoholic, which is the alcoholic. Yeah. That he was trying to quote unquote save, but not mm-hmm. really because he mm-hmm. had bigger plans for him. Right. And lo and behold, here we are. Mm-hmm. So Benjamin is supportive of this idea. He's like, "Yeah, let's do it. Let's let's bring in some cash. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've got five kids, and <laughs> right. let's let's figure this out." So he's going to use Benjamin as a part of the scheme, and he was going to have Benjamin fake his own death. However, instead of using a cadaver, Holmes gets Benjamin drunk. He knocks him out. Oh. He forces embalming fluid down <gasps> his throat. Oh my god! And then he sets him on fire. Oh, holy shit! Now, so he does this. And then he he sets a scene mm-hmm. like a suicide. Yeah, yeah. He sets a suicide like it's him. Like it's him. Yeah. But you know, it's not him. It's not him. It's his buddy. It's his pal. Now, oh, oh it gets grosser from here. So having so, and here is what Holmes said about this, mm-hmm. and I'm quoting: "Quote after he ceased." To breathe, I continued cutting his body into little pieces and using corn cobs as fuel, burned his remains as they were some inanimate object. End quote. That's he said that he is a sick fuck. And 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 when he's repeating these things, he has 
It is said mm-hmm. that he has little to no emotion. There's oh. no emotion in his eyes. There's no emotion. Just very matter of fact. He's just matter of fact. Yeah, like that wall is white. I cannot. I mean, can I'm going back to the embalming fluid. Surely that tastes like shit. So, so he <laughs> he he gets him shit face drunk. Oh, and then drink. Yeah, the guy and then drinks. He it. knocks him out. Oh god, that's so but awful. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Awful. So again, so he stages the scene to make it look like an accident, and he actually does collect the insurance company on money. I'm sorry, the insurance money. Thank yeah. you. Uh, for for Benjamin's death. Mm-hmm. So Benjamin is dead, right? Ugh. And his wife Carrie, who is a trusted friend of Holmes, mm-hmm. is aware of this scheme. So Benjamin told Carrie what the, what the plan was essentially. Wait. She knew that he was going to set her husband on fire? No, no, no. She knew that there was an insurance scam. She did not know that Holmes' plan was to kill her husband. Oh, gotcha. Okay, yeah. gotcha. That was like, took a turn. Oh, okay, it yeah. It just yeah. took a wrong turn. Right. Oh. She's, you know, so she's aware of the plan, mm-hmm. but she's unable to identify her husband's body. So mm-hmm. it's it's just too... It's charred. It's too messed up. Yeah. Well, so, and I mean, he was in little pieces. Uh, it's just I can't imagine. Ugh. Okay. Yeah, that's what his that arm. Look, look like <laughs> that's his liver. Oh my God, no. So, so what? What does she do? Well, she sends her daughter. She sends her daughter to the coroner's office to meet Holmes. And uh, while they were there, Holmes persuades Carrie to allow three of her children to travel with him, claiming that they will be traveling in London and that there would be a caretaker to look after. I them. cannot imagine this is going to be good. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I, I can't even right now. <laughs> like, so, and Carrie's like, oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I just want to tell the kid, what the fuck, kids? No. Back yep. away. Back away. Yep. So, you know, and again, nothing could be further from the truth. The kids were being kept in hotel rooms all across the Midwest, while at times Carrie just happened to be staying close by, um, and unbeknownst to her that her kids were there. Yeah, her, her oh, kids were there. Oh, gosh. And now, you know, it was said that Holmes was traveling with the children to get the police off his trail, instead of, get the police off of his trail. So instead of looking for one man, single mm-hmm. man, now there's a man with, with three kids and he can come concoct any sort of story that sure, he wants. Sure, it we seems less very, suspicious. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So eventually, he does kill all three of the children. Oh, no. Um, yeah, yeah. And he makes, he makes a mistake here because... One of the daughters was writing letters to her mother, Carrie, and, and Holmes never mailed them. So he keeps them. So this this is, I, he doesn't keep them, I think, on his person, but he doesn't destroy them. And they're sure. found later. Oh, my God. That's horrific. Yeah. So while all of this is going on, the insurance company that ended up paying out for Benjamin Peitzel mm-hmm. begins to do their own investigation and their data points to fraud. Mm-hmm. So there is some sort of fraudulent activity and they, they can't put their finger on it, but they know something is wrong. Right. So the insurance company catches up with Holmes when he's in Boston. And at this time he was alone because he, yeah, the kids are done his baggage. Yeah. And he, he confesses to the scam, which I was shocked. Mm-hmm. I was a little shocked that he, yeah. the way I read, was he just confessed Best. and agrees to be extradited to Philadelphia for for a trial? And yeah. this really is when his decade-long killing spree 
starts to come to a close. Oh. It really... Well, something... I mean, good. Yeah. He needs to stop killing people. Oh, yeah. For sure. Ten years. So now, God. at this time, the Philadelphia police... Now, we already have, we already have the insurance company that's doing their own investigation. Mm-hmm. Something's fraudulent. They don't say... They, they, I don't think they're thinking murder. They just know there's red flag and it's fraudulent. Yeah, he's fraud... Yeah, he's shitty con dude right so while this is going on the police in philadelphia are performing their own investigation and they Mm -hmm. find evidence to support a claim that benjamin did not kill himself that he didn't fake his own death Mm -hmm. but that they feel that he was murdered right which we know to be true sure so they assign one of their top detectives to the case his name is frank gayer 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 and his main objective now at this point, so they, they believe that Holmes is in custody, right? Mm-hmm. So they believe that Benjamin was murdered. His objective now is to find these three missing kids. Where are these children? Ugh. So he's searching for them, and he does eventually find them in a house in Toronto. And this is this is really, this is really sad, you guys. So Howard, Benjamin's youngest son, his remains were found in the kitchen stove. Oh, yeah oh stop yeah he it was found in the in the kitchen stove in one of the houses that home stayed at with the children oh my god the two daughters alice and nelly and alice was the one that was writing the letters mm-hmm. to her mom um, whom he also took to, to canada were tricked into a box a rubber tube was you oh. know, fed or pushed into the box and they were gassed to death oh my god that is so awful it's it's and, and then he buries them in the basement oh basement of, of the house that's so horrible yeah it was just poor it, kids yeah so frank does all this investigative work and he's labeled a hero he finds the kids you know he's mm-hmm. found this breakthrough and then he decides you know what we gotta search the murder castle oh my the booby trap manor the, the whatever. Oh my gosh. I can't imagine what he's going to feel like once he finds the shit in there. I can't imagine the story breaking in Chicago. Oh my God, right? Across the United States and possibly even the world eventually, right? Yeah. Oh. And, then, and then saying, I was at that world. Fair. Right. Oh. oh, I know, right? Yeah. I walked past it. I walked, I walked past the I murder house. I stayed. In the murder house. In the murder house. Oh. I shopped. I got my, my pharmacy. I yeah, my, my drugs pharmacy, there. My drugs. Yeah. I got my boric acid that they were using. My boric acid. I boric acid. I feel like that's probably not what they got there. You know, maybe. I don't know. So w- w- while they're searching the castle, they find the lime pit. They find the oh. torture devices. And then they start to find remains of, of humans. Now, Holmes goes on trial and only goes on trial for the murder of Benjamin Peitzel. So everything else that he's done. It's just kind of like washed away. I, like the scams and all I of that. I don't know that it was necessarily washed away, but he was never brought to trial for those. It was only Benjamin, not the kids, not anyone else that he killed. Maybe they couldn't like pin it on him or something. That's well, crazy. Yeah. So, so during the trial, there's a lot of things that kind of come out to help us understand a little more about, you know, what was going on in... Holmes's head and this is the part that you know I found I don't want to say intriguing because it excites me because it does not but just interesting it kind of closed some some loops for me mm-hmm. you know wh- you know like why the children <clears throat> so after he killed Benjamin there was a complication right Fidelity Mutual the insurance company 
wanted a family member to identify Benjamin's body. Holmes had been assuring Benjamin's wife, Carrie, that he was still alive. Now you gotta follow me here because it gets a little crazy. But to solve this problem, he essentially cons Carrie into allowing her 14-year-old daughter, Alice, to travel back to Philadelphia so she could visit Ben and verify that he was alive. So Holmes and Alice meet with the coroner and the Fidelity Mutual officials at the morgue in Philadelphia. So after they view Benjamin's exhumed cadaver on a slab, Alice, of course, was shaken, a little terrified. They signed the paper certifying that that, that was him. So mm-hmm. since Alice knew her father was dead, but her mother did not. Oh, he had to keep them apart. Yes. Oh. Holmes had to keep them separated because okay. Alice was 14 years old. She missed her family. Mm-hmm. Holmes decided to bring her sister Nellie and her brother Howard to keep her company. Ah, okay. So So that explains why he took the kids. Right. So Uh this is a a whole, I even got confused reading this. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's a lot to try to keep up with. That's what con artists do. They confuse the shit out of you. And he probably could just tell you every little intricate detail of this. Absolutely. And I find this extremely interesting and I'm struggling. Yeah. Um, but, Ugh. you know, he murdered Howard and Alice and Nellie. Oh, and my gosh. And how old know. were they? So Howard was 11, I believe. Mm-hmm. Alice was 14. And I think Nellie was 12. So they were, Oh, you know, they were, they were young. Yeah. It's, it's very sad. That's and so awful. I can't imagine being Alice knowing mm-hmm. that my father is dead writing these letters to my mother. Yeah. Not being, de- and, and they're not being delivered. And you don't know. Like you're, yeah. And, and, and no, Al, uh, Carrie didn't know what was going on. I think she really felt that Holmes was a friend. Yeah. Unfortunately, you cannot trust your children with cotton men. Yeah. No. <laughs> Tip for the day. <laughs> so, so we're, you know, again, we're in trial and Holmes's murder trial really started in, in confusion. Mm-hmm. So, the defense attorneys requested to postpone the trial because they hadn't had enough time to prepare. However, there were no witnesses that were going to be helpful and they were going to cooperate. They were going to help their cause and no defense witnesses materialized. Even <laughs> Holmes's wife, Georgina Yoke testified for the prosecution. So besides two or three deluded women who fell in love with the newspaper <laughs> pictures of him. It was that mustache. It was that mustache. They, you know, he had a few folks that were on his side. His second wife, Murda, proved to be very credible uh, in his defense. She did acknowledge that he engaged in shady business practices, but she absolutely 100% refused to believe that he was capable of any murder. Mm. Now, she was a church choir director and she praised. Holmes over and over that he was such a good provider. He was very affectionate uh, to their daughter and, and he was a lover of animals. Oh my (laughs) God, man, this guy's got so many freaking personalities. It is unreal. Well, and then it just continues to get crazier because then we also have, um, it's making my head spin. It's, it's making my head spin too. It, you know, he has people that are kind of coming out of, out of the, Woods, a self-styled playwright and quote-unquote would-be detective named Robert Corbett, crusaded for him for his release. What? Yep. 
he released a Where the pamphlet. hell did this, this guy is what come I'm from? Saying. This is like, oh, shit. These guys just pop out of nowhere, right? So he releases <sighs> a, a pamphlet, and it's filled with rumors that can't be supported. Um, there's some inconclusive documents for Holmes and the, and the murder castle in Chicago. But there's, there's really no proof. And without mm-hmm. proof, Corbett claimed that Minnie Williams was living in Europe somewhere. Yeah. And that he, he was just such an advocate. Everything mm-hmm. that they were trying to use against him, he was kind of concocting these crazy stories to combat what they were doing. And of course that makes him completely not credible. And so right. even though even though they were desperate for witnesses, Holmes's attorneys could could not put that guy on the stand. Mm-hmm. He was a nut job, just like pretty much everybody. In yeah, clearly. I mean, just like, like everybody here. Yeah. So the judge, of course, denied the request to postpone the trial and it began, right? Mm-hmm. They're like, nope, we're, we're, we're doing moving this. forward. Right. Yeah. Good. So then, of course, Holmes says, and this doesn't shock me at all. Holmes is like, hey, I want Ted Bundy. I, I Ted, Ted Bundy. And mm-hmm. I think I said that in the first episode. Yeah. I want to be my own attorney. I want these clowns oh, they're out of here. So narcissistic. Yeah. yeah. Ugh. So you know they they advised him that he had the right, but it would not be in the best interest, and of course, uh, you know, caused a, a little bit of a ruckus. But the the judge refused to accept the resignation of one of his counsels, and and you know, essentially threatened to disbar him because it just. It wasn't sitting well with anybody. Well, yeah, because he, he has says, somebody. He says, hey, I want to fire my attorneys. And the attorney's like, well, I'm, I'm resigning. I'm done. And the judge is like, sit down. Sit your ass down. Pump the brakes, Tina. <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> so Holmes did actually handle the jury selection. However, he did tell the judge that, you know, he did want the attorneys back and he wanted them to present him during trial. Duh. Which is probably the smartest thing that he did in... Mm-hmm. It didn't matter. And yeah, know. at that point, it probably didn't. Right. So, you know, they they start to subpoena witnesses. They're subpoena witness, witnesses from all over North America. They put them in one of the hotels. The, the state, not the murder hotel, right? Not the murder hotel. <laughs> it's called the Hanover Hotel. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> and, of course, the city paid for it. Um, but, you know, during Detective Frank Get Geyer's testimony, which is the guy that found the kids and kind yeah. of busted this whole thing open. So during his testimony, the attorney objected to introducing evidence about Benjamin's children. And basically, he was saying that those children's deaths were not related to Benjamin's death. So they do not need to be included in the trial. Oh, because they, it wasn't part of the same case? Is that what they're trying that's to say? What, that's exactly what they're trying okay. to say. How, how are the murder, how are you going to bring in the murder of these three children into this case? They're, how are they related? Outside of their, them being Oh yeah, father children, and children. Yeah, there really wasn't. Right. And this is where it gets, you know, like a, a, a little tricky. So, you know, claiming that it wasn't relevant mm-hmm. and the judge supported that. Yeah, well, that's stupid. Yeah, yeah. That is just stupid. I don't see, I mean, for me, that's relevant. Hey, this guy killed his kids and the dad. Right. So, I mean, I. but I guess, you know, court of law, it's, yeah. a lot of things are black and white. And, and that's the, yeah. some of the things that w- I'll never understand. And um, 
Otherwise, that I'd will, be a lawyer. That yeah. will piss me off when I hear, yeah. you know, certain things. So However, there were other witnesses. Eugene Smith, a carpenter who had done work for Benjamin, um, he discovered Benjamin's lifeless body and testified that Holmes possessed keys to the location that his body was found and that he regularly came there and that he acted like Ben's boss. Ah, uh, so right there's after, like a yeah. so so we're somebody now, to corroborate. Co- yep. Yeah. And then there was also a Dr. William Scott who examined Benjamin's body at the crime scene. And he stated that he could not have died from an explosion. His face and his features looked composed. Mm -hmm. Objects such as the tobacco filled pipe, uh, some books, uh, broken chemical bottles were too close to him shards the bottle remained inside its space so that it didn't look like there was an explosion so it lo- so i guess the reason for the death is they said there was an explosion yeah. which he he blew himself up right and and i don't i don't mean like by dynamite you know sure. i'm thinking like a like a the cocktail was that Maltal cocktail oh Maltal yeah what well, i can never I say that I can't. But yeah, I know what you're thinking. You know the I'm thing saying? with the bottle and the gas. Yeah. And, and the, and the, that's, and the that's my guess, right? So. <laughs> that thing. <laughs> so, um, so then they, you know, they wanted to bring up his wife, his most recent wife, Georgiana. Georgiana. And then they objected to that, saying that she couldn't take the witness stand because she was the defendant's wife. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, but guess what? Oh, she does it anyway? Yeah. Oh, sweet. They basically got that out of there because their their marriage mm-hmm. is, is null, null and void. void. Right. Yep. They, he was never divorced from his first wife or his second wife or his third wife. Well, so, he just never divorced from Clara. Well, yeah. So, so they weren't technically married. And so, yeah, they got to put her on the witness stand. And supposedly when she approached the stand, Holmes cried oh. or he, you know, probably pretended to cry. Sure. Whatever. And, you know, and basically interpreted, they interpreted an out this outburst as one of his very dramatic performances. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, people were oblivious to the crocodile tears. I'm sorry, Georgiana was oblivious to the crocodile tears. And she basically calmly stated that Holmes was in Philadelphia on the night that Benjamin was murdered. Oh, wow. And that she he just left their apartment. Sold him down a river. Yep. Yeah, left their apartment before 10 a.m., mm-hmm. returned about 4 p.m., and that he was tense. He was in a hurry to get out of town. Oh. He was exhausted and and he was sweaty. Sweaty. Yeah. Gross. So so now it's time for Carrie, Benjamin's wife, mm-hmm. to get on the stand. So she is accompanied by a German nurse. <laughs> yeah. Walking what? her into the courtroom and she's periodically administering smelling salts to her. And oh, so God. like she's gonna pass of, out every five minutes? Yeah. So there she's that's dramatic. Look, I I think so too, but she lost her three kids. Oh well, that's fair. And her husband, like husband, okay, that's fair. Okay, m- maybe. Yeah. But the, you know, the three three kids, kids. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. So the court reporter had to stop several times and repeat some of her testimony because you know it just couldn't be heard by the attorneys or the jurors. And she related how Holmes set up the life insurance scam with Ben. And the DA showed her samples of Benjamin's clothes, which she recognized as his. So the clothes that he was wearing whenever he died. Oh. Yeah. Oh. She testified that Holmes 
lied to her and reassured her that her husband was still alive and mm-hmm. then took three of her children and seized most of the insurance money. Oh, so God, what? he's such a piece of shit. And like, we've already gone over this, but the, I, I mean, hearing it again, he's just he a piece of a shit piece of work. Oh, so to counter Holmes latest contention that Benjamin tried to commit suicide, the DA elicited testimony from Carpenter Eugene Smith, uh, a bartender and a tobacco shop owner. They all concurred that Ben seemed in good spirits during the days prior to his death or suicide, right? Murder, essentially. Um, And also informed the jury that Benjamin had stockpiled a weak supply of whiskey and cigars. And unlikely this is the behavior of someone who's about to kill himself, right? So Mm -hmm. all of this is testimony to say, hey, guess what? Mm -hmm. This guy wasn't gonna kill himself. Right, yeah, no. So there was a toxicology expert that took the stand and he basically what he said was that the chloroform that was found in Benjamin's digestive system could not have been self-administered. It was not absorbed into his stomach lining, which Uh. meant that he had been injected with it post-mortem. So they think that, and that's what happened, right? Yeah. That he, after he died, they just, uh, Holmes just put it either in his mouth or in his arm. Yeah, you would, yeah. Oh, that's horrible. Yeah. Ugh. And then, you know, his skin cooked Ugh, rather God. than blistered. And this is a little gross, right? So if you're going to have an explosion, I would imagine it would be immediate. Yeah, you'd have blisters. And blisters yeah. And versus Sitting. sitting in a fire oh, where you're simmering and cooking like a cooking. beef stew. Right. That's and horrible. And so basically all of this proved to the jury that he was dead when that fire was started. Oh, yeah. But at least he was dead and he didn't feel it. I, you know, so he was drunk, knocked out. Yeah. I, I surely, I just he... hope he was drunk enough that. Yeah. He didn't feel it. That he didn't feel it. Yeah. Um, so Holmes's attorney did not call any witnesses. Uh-huh. Yeah. They just simply stated that the prosecution failed to make its case. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. That's just me. You're stupid. Yeah. And so maybe, maybe Holmes, so stupid. maybe Holmes should fire his attorney. No shit. I don't know. Right. But the jury deliberated oh. for about three hours and they came back to the courtroom. And then of course, when they were asked if they had reached a verdict, the foreman said, Yes. And to the question of whether or not they had found Holmes guilty or not guilty, it was guilty. Oh, thank God. This guy needs to stop. Yeah. He needs to be, oh yeah, he needs to be out. He's horrible. So at his sentencing hearing, the judge denied Holmes the motion for a new trial and condemned him to death by hanging. Oh, good. So, but after his conviction, Holmes kind of took took a turn and and changed some of his ways. So he became a vegetarian. Oh my God. He was, he tamed a mouse apparently. Oh, how do you, okay. Yeah. How do you tame a mouse? I got nothing. (laughs) I don't know. I, I, he pampered um, a pet chick that he hatched from an egg. Oh my. And he converted to, you need to say this. Catholicism? Thank you. Oh, my. He was also baptized in jail. Oh, no, no, no. He supposedly confessed his sins, and he received Holy Communion. Well, then, you know, he's good. Yeah. You're a new. Yep. Oh, my gosh. That is just disgusting. He also earned an undisclosed amount of money to write his own story. But, you know, we know he's a pathological liar, Mm -hmm. and he makes stories up. 
and he denies responsibility. But in this in this story, he denied responsibility for the murder of the children, the three children. However, he confessed to murders that he never perpetrated. Of course he did, because yeah. he's and so he, full of shit. Right. Well, and, he, and it was said that he did this to stimulate some sales. Well, yeah, and I'm sorry, but, you know, I think there's a law now that says, like, if you're in jail and you write a book, you don't get any yeah. no of the royalties. Yeah. You don't get any money. Yeah, I think, because... I mean, because think about how many people could, like, get money from mm-hmm. telling their bullshit. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm glad they made that rule. Because, yep. yeah, screw this guy. So he was in a Philadelphia prison, Moya Mensing prison, and he was there until he was executed six months later. Oh, God. Yeah. And so on the last day of his life, Holmes woke up at 5.30 a.m. He washed. He greeted the jailer with a hearty good morning, it was said. Henry, mm-hmm. the jailer's name was Henry. Mm-hmm. Henry asked him if he felt nervous. Holmes said, not a bit. Ugh. He then had a hearty breakfast of eggs, toast, and marmalade and coffee. Then about 9 o'clock in the morning, the he was min- administered his last rites. Holmes, who held a crucifix, was led to the gallows. And the dark green scaffold loomed menacingly. And it was in the main hall. And since 1850, 50 men had been hung on it. Mm-hmm. It was 8 feet high. And consisted of a short flight of steps, a crossbar overhead, and double door trap built into the, into the scaffold's platform, which, you know, yeah. should be right up his alley because... Oh, yeah. Because he know. shoved a lot of people down, uh, you know, yep. trap doors. Yep. Approximately 100 people witnessed his death. And while he was standing on the gallows, Holmes denied his book and newspaper confessions by declaring himself innocent of all crimes except two criminal operations, which would be the botched abortions, Ugh. which resulted in the death of the patients. Oh my God. He's so, I mean, he's going to hell just for lying. I mean, you go to get baptized, you are given Holy Communion, and then you freaking lie about all of it on the day you're going to die. Yeah. What a yeah. dumbass! He deserves so, to be shot. After, well, I think, I don't know really (laughs) that there's really any justice, but after uttering all of those lies, he basically said goodbye to everybody, and then he was handcuffed, he had the black leather mask that was placed over his head, apparently, Mm -hmm. superintendent fumbled a little bit with that for some time, and it was said that Holmes stated, take your time, Richardson, I'm in no hurry. Ugh. So Ever. he he gave the signal, and by throwing a white handkerchief to the floor at 10:13 a.m., the lever was pulled, trap door was open, and Holmes' body fell through. Good. It jerked upward, went into spasms. The fall broke his neck and suffocated him. However, according to the public ledger, he quote unquote spiraled in a shaft of sunlight. Holmes probably died within about 20 seconds is what they're speculating, but his fingers and limbs continued to twitch for almost 15 minutes. Oh God. Yeah. Well, good. You know what? He deserved to freaking suffer. He, All he the really shit did. he put people through. He really did. And, and with no concern mm-hmm. or care or for anybody anything. and no regard for anybody else. Yeah. So, some observers did question whether or not they they questioned the hanging because of the twitching, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, Doctor Benjamin Butcher stepped onto a stool, listened for his heart, and when it was no longer beating, the attendants cut down Holmes and they did a quick inspection. 
a second time they certified that his atlas had been severed from his access indicating that his neck was broken Ugh. richardson removed his masks uh, exposed holmes's saffron colored face mm-hmm. and then they wrapped him in a white sheet good and took him away and then i mean i'm sure he went straight to hell well <laughs> i'm just saying I, he I, skipped purgatory and just went straight to fucking I, hell. I was going to say, like, imagine, I wonder where his soul is at right now. Oh, probably, I hope rotting. Yeah. Ugh. So he's he's requested to be buried 10 feet in the ground, and he wanted to be encased in cement because, why? Because he didn't want grave robbers robbing <laughs> his grave. Because he was a grave robber because and knew robber. And he that knew. somebody, I don't, I mean, so ugh, They They, they lower... Uh, the box 10 feet under, they place a smaller empty coffin on top, they dump in cement, and then they they fill the hole. Mm-hmm. And supposedly now, this is the first time I heard of this that I wanted to mention, but supposedly there was a legend of Holmes's curse. And I am going to read through this really quickly because this was a lot of information that, like I said, I had not heard before. Yeah. I don't know if you've heard this, but it gained uh-uh. traction because so many people that were associated with him suffered misfortunes. Mm-hmm. So 44-year-old Dr. William Mattern, who performed Benjamin's autopsy, accidentally exposed himself to deadly microbes while dissecting another murder victim and ended up dying of of blood poisoning. Oh, wow. The jury foreman saw bluish flames from a fallen electrical wire. It was consuming a, a tar roof in South Philadelphia, and in an effort to extinguish the fire, she climbed onto the roof and died from electrocution. You're kidding Days later, a gas explosion nearly cured, nearly, nearly killed Peter Segrand, father of Holmes' victim, Emmeline Segrand. Mm. On the morning of November 24th, 1896, the Moya Mensing Prison Superintendent Howard Perkins showed up for work, complained of chronic insomnia, trudged into his office, took a loaded Colt 45 pistol out of his drawer, and blew his brains out. Oh my God! Yeah. That's bizarre. Yeah, it gets, yeah. 30-year-old father, Henry McPaik, who had given Holmes's religious instruction, died a violent death in November of 1897. <sighs> the young priest had been beaten severely, dragged oh. into the rear yard of the St. Paul's Academy on Christian Street, and then he died from loss of blood. Oh, my God. And according to the Philadelphia Inquirer, his assailants posed McPake's body in a position suggesting improper conduct. Oh, no. That's awful. Despite a broken nose and fractured skull, the priest's death register entry listed uremia as cause of death. That is insane. That's like, you know... I have never heard of that. I have not heard of the curse curse either. Well, you... I have... uh, I'm looking up a little bit of Holmes. It said that... Meghan Markle was somehow related. And I thought, I don't know if that explains some things. I saw that too, but there were so many, and I kept like, I kept getting squirreled out of that. There was so much, so many other things. Yeah, I'm gonna have to look that up afterward. I wanted to go back and check it out, but something about an uncle is is, is some great uncle or something. And I I got busy at work, so I I couldn't read it, but that's crazy. And I'm glad you said that because now I really do want to go back. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go look that up. For sure. So now in 2017, the legend of H.H. Holmes continued in a History Channel documentary as the American Ripper. 
which explored years of rumors and suspicions held by author Jeff Mudgett, who was that his great great grandfather Holmes had escaped his Philadelphia execution and he fled to England and he continued his murder spree, but you know, this time as Jack the Ripper. Oh my god. Okay, first of all, I gotta watch that because I didn't know. No. <laughs> Two, so they think that because he was like all jittery and his fingers were all jacked up yeah. and, and spastic, and when he fell through the trap door, he was still alive. Yeah. I yeah, mean exactly. ugh, I don't think I've ever heard of that. But anyway, let's let's move on. I'm definitely watching the show. Though. I know. I okay. know. I know. But but to help him, he and the History Channel enlisted the help of a few archaeologists to oversee H. H. Holton's remains and through modern day forensic technology and science determine if he was indeed in the grave that was marked for him or if it was empty or ah, so they're else they're going to do some excavation here. Yeah. Interesting. And it turned it turned out to be a, a pretty dramatic task because there were several things several things that were that were going on. Mm-hmm. So they are they had a tight deadline. So they they got approval to excavate the body within X amount of days. Mm-hmm. And also, if you guys remember, he was buried in concrete. Oh yes, that's, that's <laughs> so... not going to be super easy to dig up, right? Also. Also, uh, they did their homework, they did their research, and they did, you know, they took extensive interest in homes and even in the medical community, Mm -hmm. which at the time searched for psychological reasons for the remorseless killer's appetite for mayhem. Mm -hmm. Um, His health records were published in the Journal of American Medical Association. And what they found out there was that Holmes had tuberculosis. No shit. Yeah. So like the whole time, I guess maybe it wasn't active. Yeah. I don't know at what point he got it. Right. um, But it was documented that he had tuberculosis. And I don't know if you guys know this, but it's highly infectious. It's an airborne bacteria. It attacks the spine, the brain, the kidneys. Yeah. Um, A little bit of facts here. It killed 1.5 million people in the world in 2016 and 470 in the United States in 2015. That's a big jump there. There had to have been like a... Well, one's the world and one's the Oh, I'm looking... Okay, I was like, what the hell? Okay. Yeah, it's not Corona. (laughs) (laughs) Shit. And, you know, it's, it's... It's something that really caused some concerns for Mm -hmm. these archaeologists. So, you know, again, I don't um, want to dig them up and then like have, you know, get infected and then. Exactly. So, and again, just to, you know, just to restate this, he was buried in concrete. (laughs) (laughs) So even before they, they first, the shovel or the backhoe or whatever hit the dirt, they had to determine a couple of things. One, what was the best way to get into this grave once they hit the concrete? And two, mm-hmm. is that bacteria alive and is it going to go airborne if they do? Yeah, yeah. No, that's a valid concern. Yeah. And I don't know how long tuberculosis stays here, active well, or in the air. I don't know that they actually knew that. And I don't think they did because yeah. the answer, after they consulted with journal, uh, you know, forensic journals, mm-hmm. experts, medical examiners, yeah. um, it, the answer wasn't very reassuring. It was, <laughs> may, it was maybe. And here's what bothers me about it. They did it anyway? They did it anyway. <laughs> hey, ratings, man. I, 
I, Maybe they I, had like gas masks on. Or but if it's something. airborne, I don't know. See, that's the thing is, I don't know I mean, how it, airborne is airborne. Would it like like could, it, could a puff of wind put it on a leaf and take it to a neighborhood? Six feet, baby. Or, Six feet. Right? Like what? What is happening there? We I, socially distance. I don't know. Feet, you might be okay. Apparently, yeah. that's as far as anything goes. <laughs> and it's only after. 10 o'clock at night. Right? I know, right? No, 11. It was 11. 11. And, it, and then if you're at a table eating, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. You can, or at the bar. <laughs> Just saying. So, so you know, they the, the team gets a backhoe. They start to re, to remove earth over Holmes's grave until they get about six feet into the ground. And then they could really start to see um, into the bottom of the trench. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, they, then they went down there with hand tools to oh, do the rest. Oh, God. I don't, they, clearly they, all the records were sparse. They, I don't yeah. think they had a lot of information, so they had to be careful. Well, that, and I guess you can only go so far with a backhoe before you would destroy mm-hmm. a casket, coffin, what, you know, whatever the hell he was buried in. Mm-hmm. And, you know, according to the records kept by the cemetery, mm-hmm. he had been buried 10 feet, not, not six feet into the ground. Oh, wow. And... Uh, according to a handwritten note in the margin margins, it was buried in concrete, which we know he re, he asked for that. Yeah, yeah. Actually obliged. I wouldn't have. I'd have pissed on him and <laughs> put him in a box and set him on fire. Oh my god! It's like that vision of Calvin and Hobbes, and you know exactly. Calvin's like pissing on his grave. That's fantastic. So, so the coffin was, you know, eight feet long, two feet wide, and two feet deep. And I don't know how long coffins typically are, but eight feet seemed really long to me i mean i thought they were more six feet but i know there are yeah, people who are long taller well, yeah maybe he was feet. taller i don't know how tall he was so but i don't that's weird and it was in concrete now here's an interesting part mm-hmm. the, the, the mixture of the concrete never properly set ah. so they put him in there they poured it over him and then yeah. i don't think they let it harden and they just put the dirt on top of it Ew, so it was like yeah it was uh, like a like chunky. a gray clay yeah. soil um but Ew. the coffin itself yeah was completely intact really um, yeah it actually, it actually was in pretty good shape. So the mm-hmm. wood was pristine. You could actually still see the yellow in the pine. Oh, wow. It took three days to excavate the coffin mm-hmm. and they needed a saw to open it. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, you know, to their astonishment, this first one was empty. No fucking so can you way. <laughs> Holy shit. I mean, this was so, his grave. Yeah. <gasps> but, but remember... They put him in, they yes. put the concrete on him, and then they put that box on top of him. I don't give a shit. His but, coffin is empty. No, no, no. They're at that first box. Oh. Yeah. So well, I read it too. I was like, oh, damn. Okay, we're not oh, there Oh, okay. Oh, my God. Okay, I was about to shit my yeah. pants. No, yeah, because okay. I was I was right there with you. I think you. I just did. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? Okay. So, you know, again, they had a budget. They had a timeline. And, of course, they are chewing through money i'm sure all of that yeah and you know the archaeologists they were extremely frustrated they said you know you hear these stories you hear about all these crazy uh things about how Holmes escaped and Mm -hmm. and went to europe and they're just trying to get there they're just trying to see but then they in that box well then they go to the first first box they're like son of a and it's empty like they're pulling their hair out um (laughs) they were worried you know they they're just all sorts of things that were running through their mind. And then, right. so, you know, as they progress on, everybody on the project is there now. You've mm-hmm. got the, the 
television president of the production companies there. Yeah. Um, you've got the Archdiocese of Philadelphia. You've got... Holy shit. You've got... Um, you know, you've got a, a group of folks that now are there and wondering what the hell where is this is, dude is going on? Yeah. yeah. And and they decided to push on. You know, they had to, you know, is it just is, keep digging? Right. Just, I'm just gonna keep on digging. Just, is this a go or no go? Yeah. Is this a go or no go? Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> so they, they decided that everybody really the curiosity of wanting to know what was under that box and in that grave was more important to to yeah. those guys than pretty much than most of everything else, because if I was a, if I lived in that area, I probably mm-hmm. would have been like, yeah, tuberculosis. Maybe we should rethink this. Yeah, but but I mean, it's yeah. What's in the box? Every, what's in the box? Everybody <laughs> wanted to know what was what was in the box. But before we can get to what was in the, the box box where the body is, right? We got to get through what's the first the box? box. Yeah, and the concrete or the gray cement sludge, sludge right? Mm-hmm. So they continued, they continued to dig. Mm-hmm. They removed that first box that they okay. went into, which isn't really a coffin. It's just a, a pine box. Right? Oh, okay. Okay. All right. That's where I was confused. Yeah. Gotcha. And so between that box okay. and Holmes's coffin, where oh. his body is, there's this gray, That's a sludge. cement, sludgy okay. crap. Okay. And, you know, all of this was done in an effort to prevent people mm-hmm grave robbers from oh, yeah. robbing his grave. Because he was terrified somebody was going to steal his body. True okay. to fucking form. This guy just all the way to the... In 2017 mm-hmm. continues. 2021 just confusing everybody. Everybody, right. So so they continue to dig. They, mm-hmm. they get through the sludge, the okay. cement, the gray material, clay-like material, yeah. and then they get to his coffin. Okay. And because okay. of the way this wet cement formed. and the soil above it, yeah. yeah, formed over his concrete, it actually mm-hmm. it actually made a little bit of an airtight seal on the oh, coffin. Oh. Okay, wow. Yeah, and something that I didn't put in my notes mm-hmm. when they carefully opened the coffin cuz they did finally get to the coffin. Yeah. Um, you could actually see his mustache. <gasps> Shut up! And when the air hit it, it started to dissipate, in, like in dissolve. Way. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Holy shit! Mustache rides till the end. <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> and and then they realized, oh my god, we have got to preserve this. So it's like they kind of fucked up a little bit. So yeah. While they were in there. A little. Uh, the, it started to rain and mm-hmm. some of the mud uh-huh. slipped onto the skull you know, from the side. So yeah. they, they, they got to it. They, you know, uh-huh. fouled up a little bit and they tried to fix it. And so I don't think outside, like imagine seeing that, like, Oh my God, I would have gotten chills. I've had yeah. chills now. That's so crazy. Yeah. It's just, it was, it was super interesting to read. And, you know, once that little, I don't want to mm-hmm. say a mudslide, but once they had that little bit of mud yeah. come down, they, they took his, his skull out and actually the brain was still <gasps> in the skull. Yeah, oh my God. I would have poked it with a brain. stick. So, so, you know, what, what everybody wanted to know, Hey, mm-hmm. is it truly Holmes in the grave, in the grave yeah. eventually? Right, 10, 15, 20, whatever, however many feet he was down. Yeah. And so essentially what they were able to prove is that that the skeletal remains that they found mm-hmm. had a relation to the Mudgett family based mm-hmm. on Jack Mudgett, the great who was the great great, great, great grandson yeah. of Oh Holmes. yeah, the grandson, yeah. my bad. Yeah. And so they, they can't say one hundred percent this is Holmes, mm-hmm. but it's 
it's pretty guaranteed. It's guaranteed, right? Like, oh, well, yeah. He's related. Sure. This, you know, this is him. And mm-hmm. so they were able to, they were able to basically kind of nip this legend in the bud and say, right. no, Holmes did not go to London as Jack, Jack the, the Ripper. Ripper. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty far-fetched. I like it. I love a good conspiracy theory, but I mean, I feel like that one is a little far-fetched, so. Well, yeah, and, and it was because while Holmes was doing mm-hmm. his thing during those 10 years, yeah. Jack the Ripper was doing I was getting ready thing. to say, I felt but, like they were about the same time. If not, Jack the Ripper was a little bit before. But, but here's what happened. Jack the Ripper stopped. Yeah. I don't recall ever reading anything that he picked back up. No. Right? Mm-hmm. And so... It's just some wild fantasy or some right. wild tale. And so it, I'm sure probably ha- it made for great, you know, television. Oh clearly, I've, I'm going to go back. Totally going to look yeah. for that tonight. So <laughs> they were happy to, you know, bring some closer to the Mudgett family. Mm-hmm. And um, in the speculation yeah. that a murderer who had eluded law enforcement for so long, you know, had not escaped. Justice, right. Even. Right. If that would have been your great-great-grandfather. Well, yeah, no. I mean, I'm sure he probably was like, good, this fucker is in the ground. and Well, and so they, they took him up, yep. right, and took him out, and they had a court order. They could only have him out for X amount of days, and he had to be put back in the ground. Okay. And so the family, uh, the Mudgett family, had actually asked if they could keep the skeletal remains up, but because the judge had basically already signed everything that mm-hmm. they needed to you know, you you're pulling the body up you're doing yeah. what you need to do and the body goes back down so herman webster mudgett the infamous hh H. holmes deathly afraid that grave robbers would steal his body for dissection was extracted on may 6th and went back to his grave on august 31st and he was in a white coffin oh no shit so i guess they put him in a new they put him like in like casket new... or something. Yep. But I mean, why would the family want to keep the remains out? They did okay. So they didn't want to keep. They wanted to to have the remains out to study. Oh, for yeah. what study? What? What are you studying? I I don't know. Maybe hell. Could you imagine like putting that in the Ripley's Believe It or Not? I mean, in right? Beach? But that's <laughs> holy shit. <laughs> that... I go. I, I go. Mean, see I it. True. I go to any Ripley's. Anywhere to see Herman Mudgett's head? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I would. I'm not saying I wouldn't go, but I'm just saying I don't. I mean, that's not studying. That's walking by and going, "Oh yeah, that's you know that fucker the, the that family, killed everybody." The family in basically said we would give you permission. Yeah, but the judge said no. No, good. Yeah, I mean, so I just find back. that a little creepy. Well, it not only, but it's still, it's not that I'm saying we don't need to draw attention to it but it's drawing attention back again to like to him right hey, here's here's this terrible 10 years i mean now if it still had the mustache for real absolutely maybe you would consider it shit yeah but <laughs> so yeah so that you guys that is all i have finally on hh holmes a very that was great detailed confusing story intricate story that you guys will never know on your end the amount of pain we went through tonight. Yeah, I know that was that was painful. Tonight was painful, tonight but you was know what? Painful, I, so painful. It was fun. <laughs> it was fun. We always have fun, so you know that's what counts, right? Yeah, absolutely. And that's the best part because as soon as this doesn't become fun, I quit. Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. So, so you know, thanks you guys for listening again. Check us out, please, on statusmacabre.com. All of our social media. 
Yep, so Facebook, Status Macabre, at Status Macabre for Instagram, as well as Twitter. Yeah. So send us a tweet. And um, I, please send, send us a us, tweet, you twit. Yeah. <laughs> You're an idiot. I'm sorry, I didn't do please that. send us emails. Yeah, we we get it. lonely. Uh, we are at Status Macabre at statusmacabre.com. Yeah. And definitely um, looking forward to our our next podcast, which I don't think we're ready to share any information about. We really love surprising you guys. Yeah, I love it too, because I think I'm surprised right now. I don't remember. Oh, yeah, no, I do. I'm like, I've been researching shit. it. If you I don't think... remember, somebody needs to. I'm likely. <laughs> it's been a long fucking it's day. It's been so long. Uh, all right, guys, thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.